The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend. Indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. Nice throwback. Yeah, how's that for a nice upbeat way to start the show this I'd week? I'd say what, because not only is it incredibly upbeat and, and a happening tune, yeah. we never pay enough attention to Motown we, we on don't, this show. We don't. That's that's a, definitely an area where we've we've fallen short, and and going forward, maybe we can do something about that. But yeah, Motown has, has been very, very underrepresented. And it's a shame, because Motown is really the foundation and the roots of everything else we do musically. This is true, uh, too. Not just with rants and, uh, riffs and rants, rather, but pretty much at Big Boom Radio in general. 
all the music that we touch on has its roots in that's that 50s 60s style that was the foundation of rock and roll it truly yep. was yep. you know and uh, and of course for anybody who's you know been living in a cave for the last century that was Martha and the Vandellas doing the iconic iconic tune dancing in the streets and uh, and yeah it just uh, it, it brings back so many memories you yep. know and just a little background it was a single that was released in 1964 uh, it did hit number 2 on Billboard's Hot 100 uh, very very impressive and uh, and that wasn't the last go round for uh, dancing in the streets, as I'm sure you know, Here we go, big folks. Van Halen fan. Uh, Van Halen did a did a version. It we did, did a, a very, yeoman's version, a sure. very Van Halen version of that in uh, 1982, and actually had a top 40 hit with it as well. There's hit number 38, mm -hmm. and uh, and of course, of course, the infamous, <laughs> <laughs> the infamous David Bowie. Mick Jagger version that, uh, that, yeah. that, that, that came with Live Aid in 1985. They actually hit number seven uh, on the Billboard Hot 100 with that one. And I think it was a number one hit in Britain. And, uh, and yeah, that, that has a universal cringe factor involved. <laughs> you know? it, it's become like a subcult because, um, you know, look, we, we don't make up this stuff. We're not approving or disproving. We're just saying it's known as arguably the gayest production ever put on uh -huh. um and it's you know it, it's funny because it worked for two personalities that famous that over the top oh yeah and i'm sure they were in on the joke as they were oh, doing i'm it, sure undoubtedly. It, 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 it was the two of them really i think making fun of every campy right uh characteristic in both of their stage personas sure yeah, over the last 20 or 30 years and yeah they just took it so far over the top you yep. gotta figure they were chuckling. They were laughing. They were like, hey, let's do it like this. Right. This I mean, that was happen. more Rick Astley than Rick Astley. <laughs> it was more of Millie Vanilli than yeah. Millie Vanilli. Yeah, I think it made both <laughs> Rick Astley and Millie Vanilli blush. They were like, wow. Wow, look at those guys go. And then you got Boy George over there. Please turn down the gay a bit. <laughs> Thank you. He was offended. He was like, please. Please, gentlemen. Dial it down. Dial it down. Oh, and we're, we're kidding, of course, everybody. We just love everybody. It was fun, you know, at the time in the context <laughs> sure. of Live Aid. It was, it was fun, but God, it sent the goofy meter in the red, didn't it? That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Goofy meter just was in the red zone. I vaguely remember watching it as it unfolded going, oh, my God. What is this God. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it... Uh, it's it's a it's a legendary piece. It's an iconic piece of rock and roll. Yep. And uh, and as usual, we mm. do have a bit of agenda spinning that one out. Of course. Um, I uh, I was thinking earlier this week, John, and uh, we talked about this pre-show that we're in a funny funny place right now in regards to uh, the coronavirus, COVID nineteen, the pandemic, the whole thing, where, where it's. The, with the recent announcement that we have not one but two potentially extremely viable mm -hmm. um, uh, vaccinations that are coming uh, in regards to... And just to give you an idea how viable, uh, both vaccinations are reportedly uh, in the 90 to 95% effective range. That's correct, yep. Um, the flu virus, or uh, the flu vaccination, I, I should say, that we do every year... That's in the 50 to 60% wow, range. Wow, I did not know it was that low. Yeah, so you get an idea of, of the potential if, if gotcha. the companies, the respective companies behind it um, aren't completely full of shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is serious, serious shit. This is, this is the light at the end of the tunnel of the right. pandemic. I mean, COVID-19 is never going to go away. That's going to be 
uh, very much like the flu, mm-hmm. something that, you know, every year people are going to have to get the vaccination and whatnot. It's, it's, again, you know, there are how many different coronaviruses? This is only the latest one. So mm-hmm. that's not going away. But what is going to go away is the pandemic. Right. And like I said, this is light at the end of the tunnel stuff. And yet right now people are fatigued. Yep. You know, they are, they are virus fatigued. They are pandemic fatigued. They are mask fatigued. Uh, they are, you know, pretty much everything associated with this whole thing fatigued, courtesy of, you know, what, what are we going on now, nine months? Nine months. You know, this, this first came to light in January. It feels like we've been running a marathon, and now, and the last hundred yards, they've sicked a bunch of Dobermans on us. Yeah. <laughs> and we just don't have the wherewithal for that extra kick oh, yeah. to, it's to finish one, it off. One last hurdle now, yep. you know, and, and, and the, the, the dreaded second wave obviously is upon us. The, mm-hmm. the numbers are spiking everywhere. And, you know, you, you, you read the news reports, and we don't even know why. You know, it's some vague reference to social gatherings or right, something like right. that. It isn't like something you could put your finger on like, you know, oh, it's this. It's, it's the kids going back to school or it's, you know, people partying too much or... or it's just, it's vague. Mm-hmm. And people are just like, ugh. And in just contemplating these things and, 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 and thinking about it uh, big picture style, it occurred to me that what this situation really, really calls for Uh-oh. is a party. Party. You know, there's going to be sex, drugs, rock and roll, chips, dips, chains, whips. You know, your basic high school orgy type of thing. I mean, uh, I'm not talking candle wax on the nipples or witchcraft or anything like that. No, 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 no. Just a couple of hundred kids running around in their underwear, acting like complete animals. And I'm not talking about just any party, (laughs) mind you. I'm talking about, you know, the party to end all parties. Uber party. Yeah, we're not talking about a party that you go to at 7 o'clock and it's over at 1. We're not talking drinking in the woods. No, man. You know? (laughs) We're talking about serious get down, plan this shit out, um, you know, blow it all out. Make bigger people, than Live Aid, huge, but but Live Aid on steroids. Okay. Live Aid on okay. steroids on steroids. Okay, so let's out the concept for us. What yeah, do you think? Well, there's there's a, a lot of good reasons why I think this is what we need. Um, first and foremost, people need something to work towards. People need a clear, clear goal. Um, of what we're going for, here's how we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. This is the time frame we're talking about. Right. Because like you were saying, you know, it's, it's like we've all lost our concept of time going through this. Mm. You know, it, it, where is the end of this? It just keeps coming and coming. Well, if we can say, well, look, if we all do what we need to do, do the right thing, if you will. You know, if right. we Spike Lee this fucker. Um, <laughs> this is going to end at this point in time and... We are going to throw one hell of a party to celebrate this being behind us. It'll give everybody a reason to rally, you know, to cut through the, 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 the fog of fatigue and ugh, and just all the bullshit that's been attached to it, all the right. politicizing and, mm-hmm. and all the, the, the contradicting theories and all this other shit. Um, you know, get people to rally on wearing the masks, uh, lesser washing hands, get people to rally on proper social distancing, mm-hmm. just anything and everything on the list that is going to make this fucking thing go away. And then we're going to throw in, on top of this, we're going to throw in vaccines. You know, not one, but two different kinds of vaccines that mm-hmm. are going to come at this thing in two different directions. And that's another thing. This will give people a, a reason to do the vaccine, to, to right. get the shots. Because even now, that's a controversial thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're speculating, what, a third 
of the people out there is saying, well, I don't know about this, blah, blah, blah. You know, we can't, if we're going to make this fucking thing go away, we can't have that. You know, we got to get everybody right. focused and rallying on one thing. Kind of, I don't know, like the space race, mm -hmm. you know, or something along those lines that just pulls everybody together, focused on one single goal. And I don't know about you, but with most of my friends, you want to get them to rally on something? A party <laughs> is top of the list. <laughs> top of the list. Well, I'd say what? I mean, it is true. Um, and I just, I, I practice this in, in my professional life. Any uh, new way of thinking or, or, or plan or any kind of business plan, if you don't have s goals set in stone, yeah. then it's like watching a game and having no idea what the score is. No you idea know, what the score is. What interest is would you have in or, that? Or when the game is going to end. So, you know? you know, we could lay out a list of goals and whatnot, and hey, a, a party at the end of it is as good as anything. Absolutely. And God forbid you'd get, you know, the, the world to work in lockstep towards the greater oh, good I for know. once. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's not get too crazy, yes. though. Well, that's, that's another reason, is to pull all these varied factions together yep. and all focused on one goal. I mean, whether you believe in, you know, wearing a mask or not, you know, okay, you know, for the next six months... Right, you know, right. for the reward of the party to end all parties, and we're not talking yep. a block party. We're not talking even just a party in the United States. We can get the whole world to rally mm -hmm. on this. You know, we set a goal, we set a date, and we go for it. And you have a good point. I mean, it's again in my other life. You know, when I set like say sales contests or anything for my people, everything is always done in a unit of a month. Yes. This is what the prize is. I show it to him, and I say, look, you got 30 days to win this. This yeah. isn't some protracted thing with mm -hmm. some foggy or uh, amorphous goal at the end. Yeah. But now here's the thing to play okay. devil's advocate. Please do. The, um, the enormity of this task because of all the different people who have voices that yep. are going to either disprove or morph this or change it to be about them and yep. not the greater good. Yep. You know, these are the, the challenges you would, uh, or anybody for that matter, would face trying to pull something like this together. Yeah. Now, we had spoken briefly about this, and, and a lot of this, folks, this is the first time I'm hearing it, too, and it's good to see my friend is now picked <laughs> up the torch for his fellow man. See, I thought you were completely jaded. I'm a little sick. I haven't ruined you bit. yet, though. I have not no, ruined you. No. Um, and it's, it's, an, it's an altruistic, uh, fantastic idea. The closest thing I can compare it to was Live Aid, Obviously. which we've both yep. been through in our lifetime. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, everything else that followed that same blueprint, Farm Aid, which went on for a great many years, which might even still be going on. Yep. Not so much um, like a thing for profit like Coachella and all those other kind of events, yeah. but you would have to get those people too, because just the sheer enormity of putting this on yeah. with the simulcasting and being able to have all the different countries participate yep. is a mammoth task. But oh, absolutely. Again, it's 2020, and oh, with yeah. the power of the internet and everything. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why we set up a realistic time frame. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's, that's one of the things we have to do right from the get-go as we discuss this, is set the tone. And we want it to be uh, inviting, we want it to be all-encompassing, and we want it to be very, very highbrow, which mm -hmm. is another thing. I would propose that this would be a charitable event, okay. you know, very much like Live Aid in that respect, mm -hmm. whereas you know, we set up a situation where a goal as far as who we're going to help on this, because like I said, we're going to beat the pandemic. We're mm -hmm. going to put that in the rearview mirror, right. but COVID-19 is still going to be with us. The damage from the pandemic is still going to be with us by the time we end it. Mm -hmm. So those are things that we're going to have to focus on afterwards. So this would be a good 
beacon of uh, a turning point. Right. Where, all right, we beat the pandemic. Now we're going to fix the damage it caused. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, given what they accomplished with a lot of, you know, the Live Aid uh, type events, or what, what was it that uh, George Harrison did back in, uh, back in the oh, 70s? You remember that? Yeah, damn. It was an earthquake in, was it Guatemala? I forget. I was just else. a little guy back then. Yeah, you and me both. But, uh, but was, again, you, you were know. 30. <laughs> Shh. I was a young 30. I was a very young 30. But yeah, we set this up as a charitable event to appeal to people's uh, highest interest, people's mm. highest, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, higher ideals. Higher ideals. Yeah. Thank you. A higher consciousness. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, focus on the areas that, that are, are going to be desperately in need of help if they aren't already. You know, right. I mean, we're both familiar with the damage that it's done to the hospitality industry. Yep. Um, very, very focused or very aware of the damage it's done to the music industry, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, musicians can't go out and tour. They don't, you know, for the most part, except for country music, apparently, musicians <laughs> don't make money anymore, you know, from recordings, or right. at least they make very little compared to what they used to yeah. make. Well, look at movies, too. Yeah. The, the, yeah. All the, the theater chains are going to be going off for sale, because right now they're just dead oh, real yeah. estate, basically. Oh, yeah. there's, there's no telling what kind of damage we may be looking at nine months from now, sure. which is kind of the time frame I'm proposing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I would think, at least coming out of the gate, uh, Labor Day weekend, you know, tail end of August, beginning of September. And I'm thinking of that for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, obviously, it gives us a long time to focus on this and define what we're trying to, trying to accomplish and then figure out a way to do that. Mm -hmm. Also, that'll be at the end of the summer. Right. The summer, as we proved last summer, is a very, uh, very viable time to get things under control. You know, uh, the, the experts, the health experts, uh, did predict the second wave coming. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that People are starting to come inside. People mm -hmm. are getting closer together more consistently. And again, suffering from fatigue. You know, a lot of people are letting their guard down. A lot of people are throwing their hands up. You know, a lot of things that we had hoped would be back by now have not come back by right. now. You know, a lot of people's jobs, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, we hope we'd have been past it. Uh, a lot of people, you know, who are working from home still can't go back to work. Uh, the situation with the schools. Mm -hmm. You know, we... we very ambitiously in September, you know, went for it. Now a lot of a lot of school districts are shutting down. A lot of them are going back to distance learning, you know, and we're starting to discover the damage that does right. to kids. You know, the the structure that they need isn't I mean, there. You know, to, to to skip forward a minute, you know, you've got to not just have a way of of, of keeping track of of the goals, but what keeps coming to mind for me. Like, if you would watch the old Jerry Lewis uh, MDA telethons, yes. there's always like that, or any telethon for that matter, the big thermometer. Yep. And this is where we're trying to get to. You know, if we could somehow, I do, these are horrible examples, folks, work with me. <laughs> if we could somehow meld um, the way they did things during the Iran hostage crisis, day mm. 325, you know, <laughs> have that as a crawler for every major newscast, and at the same time, Start showing the thermometer in terms of whether you want to measure it, uh, infection rates, mm -hmm. fatalities, whatever. And we want it to go in the opposite. So when it gets down to the lowest level possible, we had a little round part of the thermometer. Yep. That's when we say, all right, now, 30 days from now, we'll we're, be... We're going to party. We'll be, God knows what you're going to call this thing. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, good luck with that. But yes, that's when it's going to happen because you've got to hit a goal and then say, okay, now... We can do it. I have everything yeah. waiting in the wings. 
Because the logistics, it makes me tired just thinking about it. Oh, I know, I know. And I wouldn't have necessarily associated this with the whole Iran hostage situation. <laughs> That's all I had, man. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, but, but conceptually, I'm with you. I know what you're talking about. Yep. Um, but yeah, we'd do it in reverse. We'd set a date, you know, say September 1st, and we'd start the countdown. Mm -hmm. And yeah, prior to that, we'd have to sort out, is this realistic? You know, we'd have to consult with health professionals and, and say, okay... You know, if we do all of these things, um, if we all do the right thing, mm -hmm. if, you know, the vaccines come out, can we have a distribution uh, accomplished by this time where we could credibly say we have beaten the pandemic? It's right. not coming back. Yeah. You know, we're going to have a flare up here and there like we do with the flu every mm -hmm. year. But for all intents and purposes, this pandemic is going to be over. And find out ahead of time who it is that's going to make this mighty Who's going to make the call? Is it the CDC, the WHO? Yeah. Certainly well, we know we can't have any political figures do it because they're going to be oh, self-serving. Jesus. No Not just doubt. us, but any country, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, you grab a guy like Anthony Fauci um, or, you know, somebody... <laughs> I'm shaking my head as he's saying that, folks. Or somebody of a... Of a Fauci uh, never met a microphone he didn't like. Of a rough equivalent, okay? <laughs> yes. Who's qualified. Or, hey, I hear the United Nations is doing dick these days. Maybe put them in charge yeah, of this. Maybe so, maybe so. But again, not a great example of people who get along well and, true, and true. make shit happen. But still, again, give us nine months, ten months to sort the shit out. We, we pick somebody, and then we hook him up with... You know, masters of throwing parties. Sure. You know, I would definitely get Bob Geldof into this, you know, <laughs> since he, he did it with Live Aid, man, yep, you know. Yep. And I would include Perry Farrell in this as well, okay. you know, Mr. Lollapalooza. Um, you know, which brings up another topic. It's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be restricted to one day. This could possibly could be, be a, a week-long yes. celebration. Um, it would be fantastic if it were international. And if it were going to be international with all the different time zones and, and all the different considerations, to make it a week long or two weeks long or make mm -hmm. it a month, who cares? You know, after what we've been through as, as you know, big a monster as the pandemic has been, I mean, other than a world war, right. you know, what are we going to put, uh, you know, as an equivalent to this? Just you know? a year-long kick in the nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's been a constant beatdown. And, you know, how many deaths can we attribute to this? And not even deaths, but... How many people's lives have been thoroughly fucked up by this? Sure. You know, the residual effects Especially the of the pandemic. And the, and the schooling. Yeah. I mean, never mind just, you know, the, the quality of education being affected, but very basic life lessons interacting with other kids their age and mm -hmm. that whole, those little idiosyncrasies of growing up that they've been yeah. denied. That's going to oh, affect God. them. How, yeah. How many, how many schools didn't have a prom? How many schools right. didn't have graduations? You know, how many... School sports were canceled. Yep. I mean, you unfortunately, know? University of Michigan still had a football season. <laughs> if you want to call it that. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, every, <laughs> even, even the, 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 the seasons and the, the, the sports that were able to do something, mm -hmm. it wasn't the same. It was obviously altered yeah. it was by... a great effort, but just yeah, not the same. It's like we were talking about last show about the asterisk. Right, right. You know, things were different this time around. Mm -hmm. Very, very different this time around. 
And I don't think you got an accurate portrayal of much of anything right. as far as what people could do, what they maybe have been accomplished. And even, you know, circling back to the movies, I mean, look at all the, uh, the major movies now that instead of, because they're finished, they're in the can, mm-hmm. but they're not going to the movies. They're going to these streaming networks. Mm-hmm. So I'd watch the latest uh, Tom Hanks movie, Greyhound, where he's a destroyer captain. Yeah. That came out on Apple+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And now the next Wonder Woman movie, which is slated to be another blockbuster, yeah. is going to come out on HBO Max. Yeah. So they know people are not going to be going to the movies anytime soon. Know, so. which, is, which is all well and good. I mean, they're figuring out a way to get that stuff to us. Yep. And as we found out, um, again, like we talked about last week, how absolutely necessary mm-hmm. these things are for people to maintain their sanity. Yep. Um, I miss going to the movies. Yeah. You know, I miss I miss going to restaurants. I miss going out to the bar I occasionally. Do. Not that, you know, I'm a big bar fly anymore. But, uh, yeah, I know, shocking but true. <laughs> but I miss having that as a potential for Friday night or yeah. Saturday yeah. night, yeah. you know? All this- and I do. I know exactly, exactly what you mean. And we're all like that. It's, it's that freedom that we live by in this country to go do whatever we want to do yeah. when we want to do it. And having somebody tell you no... Whether it's backed up by good science or not, that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. The fact that you just can't do it because the shit's closed, yeah. that's, a, that's a huge adjustment. It is. It really is. And it just, you know, the change in your, your routine and the change in the ways that you, you approach life in order to try and accomplish what you need to accomplish yeah. or what you want to accomplish, all that's been then thrown, it's, been, it's all the, been disturbed is yeah, a good I mean, way to put it. As long as this goes on, too, I mean, don't forget, people's mindsets change. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see a, a slight uptick in cases of agoraphobia. Oh, of course. You know, because remember after 9-11, how many days went by until you started looking up in the sky every time you heard a plane? Oh, yeah. You know? Well, I remember being in L.A. when the 94 Northridge earthquake hit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and there were people that were frightened to go back inside of their homes. Right. There were people that left town because, you know, they didn't want to be in a city where the freeway could conceivably collapse on yep, you, yep. Uh, whether you were on it or under it. Mm-hmm. You know, these, all, these things all, all take a mental toll, and it, it's the kind of damage that it's going to take years to sort out. Right. You know, we don't really know at this point in time how this is going to still be affecting us in six months or a year. Mm-hmm. And there's a psychological need for a blowout. There's a yeah. psychological need for a celebration. You know, religions mm-hmm. have been aware of this for centuries. Yeah. And, uh, and you, know, I, you know, again, comparing you know, my life now to my life prior to, mm-hmm. I miss being able to go to a concert. Right. You know, for one night to listen to fantastic music and just blow it out. And I that my, was so um, necessary for sanity. Right. You know? I had one of my good buddies over for Thanksgiving, and he was telling me that once they had relaxed um, the restrictions in, in Connecticut... Business was booming, and he was yeah. like, "John, we haven't seen numbers like this in years." Yeah, which goes back to my prediction that once this is all said and done, and people are properly vaccinated and whatnot, it's going to be like the end of prohibition again, and yeah. people are going to be going out in droves. And like any, you know, crisis, war, you know, horrific social incident, it creates opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, and and again, once this is in the rearview mirror. Yeah. Let alone partying. There's going to be so much, and people are going to learn from this too. Yep. So there's money to be made now in preparing for events such as these, mm-hmm. finding alternatives to going through this the way we went through it. Because look, it's not the last virus that's going to hit us. Unfortunately, you know? probably not. And the worst thing that can happen in this entire scenario is for people to forget that and be caught awares when the next one comes down the pipe. Yeah. Well, but before, <laughs> before we have to deal with that, 
I think there's a need to celebrate getting through this one. Yep. You know, doing whatever it was that we had to do, taking on whatever burdens it was we needed to take on. Um, you know, simple things. You know, like not being able to have your whole family over for Thanksgiving dinner. Right, right. You know, that, that suddenly now, I think people realize is mm-hmm. so much more significant than maybe we, we thought it was, you know. Right. We kind of maybe took it for granted a little bit. Or those people who have, um, you know, parents in nursing homes mm-hmm. and they couldn't go see them. And, and, you know, really at the end of the day, since I'm trying to keep this upbeat, I don't mean to get grim, <laughs> but, you know, celebrate the people that we lost. Mm. You know, the people that aren't with us anymore. You know, that's all part of what I'm talking about with this party, right. you know, is, is, is having moments like that, you know. And now that I think about it, I think we're going to need, you know, at least a week for this one. <laughs> I, I really do. Now, is that just you talking or the social analysis in you well, talking? <laughs> well, you know, let's find out, shall we? All right, so you food know? for thought, people. And it's not the last time we're going to touch on this. No, we're planting the seeds We're today. planting the seeds. And yes. we apologize to the planet Earth because it's the first time we've done something like this. This is true. This so is true. it's going to take a little time, <laughs> right? What do you say we, we take him out of this with a similar fun type Jim. I like that idea, John. I do. What do what you, you what got? Do you, what do you got? Oh, you're throwing it to me? Throwing it to my, you. Oh, this was your whole giant segment. You're All saving right. the world. All right. Well, again, <laughs> planting a seed, you know, getting the ball rolling, um, getting people talking. That's the first step. Right. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's throw something at them a little along the, the same lines as, uh, as Dancing in the Streets. Okay. From that classic era of music that we were just referencing. I couldn't think of a more appropriate song... Um, for this topic and for this moment than Land of a Thousand Dances. And uh, I couldn't think of a more appropriate version than the Wilson Pickett version. And there you go. All right, folks, we're going to throw this tune at you. We'll be back in a couple minutes, of course, with some more things and stuff. One, two, three.
Now, does that song not make you want to party? It does. You know? It's like, hello, welcome to the block party. Come yeah, on, man. come all. Yeah, and, it, and, it's, and it's universal. It's universal. Yeah. That, of course, was Wilson Pickett doing Land of a Thousand Dances. That was his 1966 version. And, uh, and yeah, in case you were wondering, folks, there's a lot of different versions of yes. that song. Yes, there is. Uh, that was recorded <laughs> by, amongst other people, uh, Cannibal and the Headhunters. Yep, that was uh, the first one, I believe. Uh, it was close to the first one. They didn't write it. But uh, but believe it or not, the na 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 part mm-hmm. was because the lead singer of Cannibal, I think his name actually was Cannibal, um, forgot the words at oh. one point and just you know like you do on stage when you hit a moment like that, you throw in something you know right, to make it right. look like no, we, we're doing this on purpose. <laughs> we did, and and from that point on, that was left in the song. So it's it's you know. It's, it's funny because one of the things I was taught early on um, in learning how to become a musician was if you make a mistake on stage, do it again. And then do it a third time so it looks like looks you're doing normal, it intentionally. Right. <laughs> and, and the end result is, you know, a new segment of the song that, right. you know, the writers, you know, who originally put together the tune didn't put in it and, you know, probably yanking their hair out going, yeah. no, that's not what I wrote. I mean, my, my favorite two vocalists of all time, even though this makes no sense, David Lee Roth and Frank Sinatra. Yeah. David Lee Roth would forget lyrics in a, in a drunken stupor on stage all the time, mm-hmm. even though he's the one that wrote the damn lyrics of most of the songs. Yeah. And um, listening to a lot of Sinatra, he would also always ad lib when he was doing these songs live, and he was yeah. just changing the lyrics around. Yeah. But he said he did it just to keep it new and fresh, yeah. and to match however the orchestra was was feeling and going that night. And Makes sometimes sense. different words, yeah, they sounded and, better. You know, Frank was you know the chairman, the chairman of the board. Yeah, who's going <laughs> to argue with that, right? But uh, but yeah, amongst other people, Ike and Tina Turner uh, mm. recorded a version of that. Yep. Uh, and this is this is the one I had trouble wrapping my brain around. Ted Nugent yeah. did a version of that song. And Jay Giles Band. As of the Jay Giles yep, Band. Yep. And uh, and I'm a big fan of Jay Giles being from Boston. And uh, and I'm sure it cooked when uh, when they touched down on it. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, an, an absolutely classic tune on so many different levels. But, uh, but I must admit, I'm partial to Wilson Pickett's version. I think that's the definitive nice. version. Yeah, I, I like both of those gems tonight. Perfect bookends for the opening segment. Nice. And, you know, that being said... <laughs> Time to put the altruism on the show, right? folks. Now, now that my friend and partner in crime has launched his personal mission to save the world... Yep. The dope smoker's rant is over for this evening, folks. Yep. Put the tambourine down. It's time to get visceral. <laughs> Let's, uh, let's have it, John. Let's do it. Well, oddly enough, we have a, a new segment debuting this episode. Well, it's a little something I like to call... This town needs an enema. Hey, you unwashed sons of bitches. It's time for Johnny's Cup of Venom, blowing off steam instead of people's heads. How's that? Is that is that an earworm or what? Uh, um, it, it has, it has a ring to be to a it. fun jingle. It, it has a ring to it, I must say, and, and, and it feels it feels comfortable. It feels fitting. It, it feels oh, sure. like something that it's an that old sock. I, I think you could take right out of the park, John. Yep. I, I truly do. And I tell you what, this is uh, a companion piece, if you will, again known as uh, Johnny's Cup of Venom, a companion piece to Michael Sean Lee and the way it should be. <laughs> Where you sit wistfully under an apple tree and, and watch the cloud formations go by. This is more me, loaded gun, paper cup full of mashed whiskey observations. Hey, man, you know, psychologists <laughs> and psychiatrists have, have found in, in multiple studies that, that venting on occasion is healthy psychologically. Healthy. Remember, yes. it's not letting off steam. Sometimes it's blowing ballast. 
So <laughs> yes. let's hit them with the opening segment. We'll be back in a few to get your, your thoughts on this. This town needs an enema. Hey, you unwashed sons of bitches. It's time for Johnny's Cup of Venom, blowing off steam instead of people's heads. Hey, everybody. You know what sometimes goes better than a cup of venom? A nice piping hot cup of coffee. Yeah, especially in the morning. It's a nice little treat. It's kind of a a good way to start your day, send it in a positive direction, get that little kickstart. Now, hold on. I'm not going to be like one of those chicks from the secretarial pool. Oh, Jesus, if I don't have my coffee, you don't want to be around me. (laughs) No, because you're probably a piece of shit the rest of the day too, honey. I'm talking about the average Joe getting a cup of Joe. So, somebody like me, driving into work every day, I pass probably, oh, five different Dunkin' Donuts, and I'm a Dunkin' Donuts guy. I'm not a Starbucks guy, because you know what? I don't need a string quartet shining my shoes while I'm waiting in line trying to get a cup of coffee, okay? Looking around at some hipster with a scarf pretending he's writing a novel. I don't need any of that shit. All I want is a hot cup of coffee. And granted, I could just make it at home, you know? Got a nice little coffee maker. But sometimes I'm like the rest of the sheep, and I just want to get it on the way. So you get to any one of these Dunkin' Donuts, and the first thing you see is generally a humongous line. Because, yeah, they're slow as shit in there. All they're doing is putting donuts in bags and coffee in cups, but it's got to be a process. And at the thing, they want to up something. Would you like to try one of our fritters today? I'm like, you know what you could do with your friggin' fritter? Yeah, no, it's just a cup of coffee. I'm good. So you get that, you go up to the window, you get your coffee, which they kind of put in a, a robotic arm now, like they're dealing with plutonium or something, and it can't be contaminated. And that comes out to you, and you reach out, and the thing releases, and there's your coffee, okay? Now, maybe you're also like me, and you like to get a little, a little something with your cup of coffee, a little accoutrement to make it feel like it's almost breakfast, which you know you're gonna skip. So you can get a donut, that's like 800 calories right there. You can, you know, maybe get one of their little breakfast sandwiches. I think they're about 9.99 right now. Or you can fixate on a little item on the menu, just like Johnny does. It's called snacking bacon. Now the premise is you get a couple strips of uh, crispy bacon and there's some black pepper on there and a little little maple flavoring and whatnot, brown sugar, I guess. What's not to love about that? Yes, please, and thank you. Hand me a bag of bacon and I'm on the run. Yeah, but what you get is this little boiled sack of innards that looks like something that was in the movie The Thing with Kurt Russell. What the hell is this? Now, it's the morning and you're starving, so yeah, you're going to shovel that uncooked fat with pepper and sugar on it into your mouth, but it's pretty fucking disgusting, okay? And again, all of this for the, the mere price of now Now you got to write them a check, because now you're looking at like $19.95 for a cup of coffee and some snacking bacon, okay? But again, you're going through the drive-thru, and, and the ultimate in lunacy now, yes, I get it, we all live in difficult times and troubling times. But they're asking you, the person in your car, to wear a fucking hospital mask. Excuse me? Am I going to crane my neck through the open window like a fucking giraffe and cough in your face as I give you my money? Probably not. Why do I have to wear a mask? I don't get it. I just don't get it. 
This has been Johnny's Cup of Venom. Okay. Are you frightened? <laughs> if I did not know you, John, perhaps, perhaps. Look, just stay off my lawn. That's the bottom line. <laughs> not a lot to ask. I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah, it's no? not like I'm alone in these things. These are just daily observations. Oh, God, we all no. Get this irked, is, this you know? is every man stuff. This right. is definitely every man stuff. It's like Andy Rooney, but younger and sexier, clearly. Uh, less did. bushy eyebrows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't need that memory. Thank you, John. I know, I know. <laughs> But yes, but, uh, I'm, I'm happy to. I'm, I'm glad we have a, a sister piece now to Microsoft Lee in the way it should be. That's what that's what we're all about here, right. and Rams. Which I understand that we do have another episode of that around the corner, like maybe next uh, episode. I'm thinking it might be coming up soon. I do. Good, you know, good, good. I mean, it's it's not hard to uh, you know observe and point out all of life's little absurdities when all of life is in fact absurd. Completely. At least right yeah. now it is. You know, I was going to get my mail the other day, and uh, Dr. Snoof was walking down the street oh, geez, yeah. with his German Shepherd. How's Snoof doing? As he looks fantastic as it, always. The man the, does the not lawn, age. The lawn is perfect, I assume. <laughs> of course. And he commented, I had my autumn clean up. He said how nice and orderly everything looked over here. Indeed. And he wanted to know when I was going to uh, need him to say the words. That's how we put it. When oh, the guy comes say the words again. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you know, going back to the to the to the first topic tonight, you know, we may, we may need to, you know, consult with Snoof as far as when the official end to the pandemic totally will be. You know, we we may need his input, fucked up as it may be. Right. I mean, <laughs> look, Warner Von Braun helped us get to the moon. <laughs> Maybe yeah, Professor Snoof can help us lick COVID nineteen. Yeah. And, so and, many and, illusions there. No. Good God. <laughs> Hey, the man keeps a nice property. Though. He does. He does. He, 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 you, can't, you can't fault him for that, I got to say. I got to say. So, anyway. Yes, moving sir. right along, John. Moving what, right uh, along. What is new in, uh, in Big Boom Radio this week? Or what is, what is even what is happening in Big Boom Radio this week? Because there's always something happening. There's always something happening. You know what? Before we get into what's happening, let's, let's cap off a third gem. If you want to kick out a third let's gem? Let's kick out a third gem. And I tell you what, rather than feed back into the uh, venomous negativity, that's my segment, (laughs) I'm I'm going to be the the, the better person and uh, link back up to your overall theme of of just fun and partying. How about a little to my fishbone? Oh, there we go. Party at ground zero. You know, nothing says party like fishbone. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Then we'll come back. We'll talk about what's going on this week. So hang on just for a few more minutes, folks, for some more things and stuff.
It's a long tune, but it's a fun tune, and I even probably like edited some of the, the, the front-loaded stuff on there just to get you know the meat of it. Yeah, because yeah, rule here we keep the we keep the gem short. Yeah, there's no do, time for an opus. To do. We tend to we don't get too indulgent. Yeah, you know, and I I appreciate you flipping it back over to of course now positive I, and look, the, the I like beat and my stuff to match, man. Yeah, man. Every episode's like, oh, we're gonna harken back to the '70s now. Remember Garanimals? Did your parents make you wear Garanimals? Vaguely remember that. Yeah, I mean, we were real little then. I was going to say, maybe something from my youth I blocked out. Like, probably for you, third grade, they would have peaked and then went away. So, yeah. But the, the thing with Garanimals, and they brought it back years ago, but it didn't quite work as well. But all of like, the shirts would have a particular animal on yep. it, and the pants would have a particular animal, and you would match the animals, and that's how your kid would match like, <laughs> their clothes. But it was really more for the parents, I guess, that had no sense of style that they yeah. needed you know, to do this. But um, no, there was an outcry, true story, 
um, some years ago, three, four years ago, because Walmart was advertising them on their website, and they made the fatally stupid mistake of having a young African American boy model the monkey oh, tagged animals. I kid you oh. not. And I was just like, wow. "Are you kidding me?" I oh, mean, man. but yeah, so that's what happened to Granimals. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that would explain that. But I tell you what, uh, yeah. Well, I, lo- I love the choice of fishbone. I, I truly do. Because they're just so much, they're, they're so fun. Oh, yeah. And I had a, an ex-girlfriend of mine get me into them. Wow, that would have been oof, late 90s, I guess. Entirely possible, yeah. That's yeah, about l- the time. Probably late 90s. Yeah. And um, what my first impression of them was I love the music. I love the energy. Yeah. But the, the lead singer, Dr. Bad Vibes, scared me because he was like a, a, like a voodoo priest. Yeah. Like the bad guy from Live and Let Die, the James okay. Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of like put me off, you know. But, you know, in listening to their music and becoming an actual fan, um, it's very varied. And they've got a, a oh, lot God, of different yeah. sounds that they would throw around. Well, I'll tell you something funny. Um, you know, of that, that scene at that time, the late 80s, early 90s, uh, L.A. scene before Fishbone really blew up, mm-hmm. um, all the bands that, that, you know, I loved and respected when I was young, you know, like the Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. and Jane's Addiction, Thelonious Monster, those guys all looked up to Fishbone. They all thought, you know, you know we're good bands, but right. these guys, these guys are yeah, over ridiculous the ridiculous street cred. Yeah, yeah, hardcore street cred and talent. Mm-hmm. Just insanely talented, and you know, unfortunately, what what frequently happens with bands that are that talented is they're not the bands that do the Nirvana thing. They're not right, the right. bands that that blow up and make all the money, but they're the guys that inspire the bands mm-hmm. that do, and a very loyal following. They yeah. Have. Oh yeah, and for very good reason. Yeah. So that's why I went with them. So good stuff, Jim. Yeah, good stuff. So circling back to your earlier question, yes. what's going on in Big Boom Radio? Because there's always something going on in Big Boom Radio. Always, and that's why I don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, rock and roll, rock and roll heaven, twenty four seven does not allow and we mean for sleep. Twenty four seven, folks. Yeah, man. Uh, let's see, what have we done new recently? Another whole new slate of shows, a, a bunch more um, new episodes of Rockabilly Rumble have hit nice. the press. Good. Uh, a couple more new episodes of the Live Five at Five. Which is quickly becoming my favorite Big Boom radio show. Because I you're not say. the one that's got to put it together this in the studio. This is true. This is definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I tell you what, I had fun um, with the latest episode, speaking of, you know, Fishbone. Yeah. Um, because I did inject more of a whimsical British ska. Uh, influence into really? it. Really? Interesting. Um, yeah, Squeeze has a, has a song in there. I think I had another track from Madness in there. All right. Um, yeah, just kept it fun and, and, and lighthearted like that. Yeah. And it's w- one of the few shows that I do that, because really, I'm such a Nazi. I love these themes, but mm. sometimes you get hamstrung by the theme because they sure. don't want to like, go out of it. And you've encountered this with me yeah, well, countless yeah. times doing this <laughs> broadcast. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, all right, not be, just let it flow. You know, whatever yeah. I, I find that day. And um, I got to say, whenever you go whimsical, that that's, that's <laughs> usually ends up being a lot of fun. It really because does. Because I take myself out of it, you know, because yeah. me, like anybody else, once you're creating something long enough, it's, it's got your fingerprints all over it. Sometimes that's inevitable. Sometimes yeah. it's, it's like on purpose. And yeah. that's when you run into problems, like any kind of artist, when you're putting your stamp on something, mm-hmm. you feel like you have to put your stamp. And yeah. your song has got to sound like a Johnny Teflon song, or it's got to sound like a Michael Sean Lee song. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it stops being good just for goodness sake. 
Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, you got to yeah. be conscious of that. Um, but yeah, with the Live Five, I just, you know, I, I took inspiration from a, another show that's on a local classic rock station that was the inspiration for the Live Five and okay. Five. Yeah. And theirs is just called Live at Five. And yeah. they do it once a week. And they pulled out <clears throat> a live version of Lola by the Kinks. Oh, nice. And we've all heard live versions of that song. This of one course. was particularly good. And it just got my wheels turning because the Kinks are one of those groups that I consider icons of classic rock. Oh, absolutely. And I absolutely. hadn't played anything live by them yet. And I was oh, like, wow. oof. Okay. You know, right. Because it's so easy to get caught up in, like when we're picking gems for this broadcast, mm-hmm. what fits, what needs to fit, what has oh, to get yeah. used, that sometimes you, you get blinders on. Yeah, you intentionally, uh, unintentionally limit yourself. I know yeah. what you mean, man. Yeah. But, so uh, I, gotta be con- I have to be conscious of that. Like everybody else, yep. uh, never read your own press clippings. Oh, that God, whole thing, no. I know. I know. <laughs> so that's it with that. But I can tell, like the good folks at home, you know, coming up. Like I said, we're going to be getting more visits from Professor Snoof. Uh, his segment, "The Doctor is Incognito," so mm-hmm. seems to be a fan favorite. I'm anxiously waiting for the next installment of always, Michael Sean Lee in the way it should be. Uh, oh, both shows are always, <laughs> always interesting, I must say. It's yeah. always interesting to have a conversation with the doctor, and uh, sure. it's, it's always interesting to take a look at life and all of its absurdities and then realize that life in itself is one big absurdity. Completely absurd. absurd. <laughs> <It is. laughs> and uh, that's about it for this episode, my friend. All right. But we've got, we've got our marching orders uh, the concert to end all concerts. The party to end all parties. That which has no name. Yeah. Well, we'll come up with one. We'll come <laughs> oh, up no, with one. No we doubt. Will. We no will. No doubt. But yeah, all for right. now, the party to end all parties, it's coming up. It's coming up, folks. It's coming up soon. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's look forward to it. So keep washing your hands. Keep wearing those masks. No tongue kissing until the fourth date. And basically, <laughs> that's it for us. As always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.